0: Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three speaker, three separate speaker seats with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Danielle. Hi, I'm Danielle, compulsive reader and bulimic. Thank you so much, Rob, for asking me to speak and share my story. Um, it's, it's, it's such a pleasure to be in front of all of you and to um, see all your faces and the support. And I've been in program since '02. What happened is that I was um, binging on my daughter's uh, one-year birthday cake. And and I was cutting pieces, slices of cake, and um, I was putting them on plates. And and some, you know, somebody else would come in and get the slice of cake from me and bring it in the other room. And while they're in the other room, I was like, had a fork in the cake and was just eating as much as I could before the other person came back in. And um, um, it was a time in my life where I had moved with. um, my son, my daughter, and my husband, who's now my ex, but we moved to Vancouver um, <laughs> in the <a> house. <laughs> yeah, I loved it there, And um, but the transition from L.A. to there and feeling all alone and um, feeling like I had no support, which I didn't realize the support that I had here until I left, and I... It was just my world was upside down, and it rained so many days in a row. When I was first there, it was 10 days in a row, and I didn't know how to get around there yet. And and I gained 10 pounds in one week. And I didn't think it was possible, but I I weighed myself, and that was one of my other things, the body checking, looking at any reflection that I could get a hold of, um, and uh, the weighing. You know, it could be like, I could easily weigh myself in 25, 50 times a day. Like, it's just... <laughs> It was just something to do, to check out, and manipulate um, what was going on, and never looking at what my feelings were. And so, at that point, I had um, a therapist. I was trying to find some way because I knew my life wasn't feeling good, and. And I said, remember that thing I told you about that I can eat like a pan of brownies and don't remember eating it? And remember that thing that I told you I did when I was in middle school when I was vomiting? I said, I really want to do that again. And she said, you need to go to an OA meeting. And she was familiar with programs. program. And I said, what? I just really thought it was crazy. And um, I was signing my kids up for a class to try and figure out something to do when we were um, hanging out there and I was going through the catalog, and was like page after page trying to find something, and at the back of the catalog, I was just about to close it, and I see this two-liner that said OA. You know, it's like this big. <laughs> and it said, OA call for meetings. I was like, mother. <laughs> I was really, I was so irritated, but at the same time, there was something, you know, in the air or in the work that said that you have to do this, and I called and didn't get a call back for a couple days, and then it was just so, (laughs) even another reason why I need a program, because I didn't get a call back, I was like, what do you mean? You know, I need, you you should call me back. You need to call me back. Like, I kept going, you know, that I was getting rejected, and now I wanted it. (laughs) It's just so amusing to me when I think about it, And, um, and the woman called back another day, and I left more messages, and... And now I really wanted to do this. Like, what is this about? And, um, and it, was the, it was the weight gain. It was, I felt like I was crazy. I, um, I can pass around pictures of my kids. Um, these two, I wanted to give them away. I wanted to give them up for adoption. I didn't know how to do it anymore. I felt like I'm gonna. I'm a terrible mother. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. sitting here and I started vomiting again, and my head's in the toilet. And my kids are in the other room, you know, and and I wasn't in middle school anymore vomiting. I wasn't in high school anymore vomiting. I'm a mother of two throwing up and not caring and not knowing know why, not knowing how to stop it, and then binging soon after that. And a lot of that. Well, this will be the last time. This is just, okay, that cake will be my dinner, um, and then I won't eat dinner, so then it'll balance out. There was such a balance sheet of the, what goes in and what comes out and how to manipulate that with um, exercise as well, and it was just so, so sad. I didn't want them to be with their dad, <laughs> um, I just thought I was going to have to get rid of them, you know, get I uh, wanted them to be adopted into a family that wasn't mine and um you know wasn't my mom or um anybody in my family. <laughs> and uh, and I wanted them to be happy and I just knew I couldn't do it. And that that's where I was and I I went into my first OA meeting feeling all of that and just thinking okay, I'll do this, I don't know what else to do, and I got to the first meeting, and it was a whole meeting of sharing, and I could not just comprehend, it it was, I think my mouth must have been open during the whole meeting, I couldn't believe how honest everybody was, I'm like, aren't they afraid, who's going to find out, aren't they afraid, yeah, it's anonymous, you know, but it's really, it can't really be, and um, it just, I didn't have any trust of that at first when I started hearing the shares. And also I thought, maybe this is just a Canada thing. You know? and, um, and then I listened, and I listened, and I, by the end of the meeting, and then they read the, the last thing that was said in the meeting was, welcome to OA, welcome home. And I just wept. I just thought, ah. It's, this, is, this is. These are my people. This is my family. This is my family without judgment. Um, everything growing up for me was about proving my worth. Um, that, that's just, you know, was my experience. And if I do this, if I do that, if I accomplish this, you know, going to the right schools, going to the right college, you know, continuing all that, becoming, you know, the professional that I am, and I just thought all those things, once I did them, once I got out of my house, once I had proved myself, that it would all be okay, and I was in my line of work, and I remember one day saying, I don't, I don't, I'm not even enjoying this anymore, like this was supposed to be it, and this isn't it, and then I had kids, and that wasn't it, you know, I got married, and then I had kids, and none of it was it, and I remember just really not enjoying much. And um, in that first meeting, I heard people, you know, talk about happiness and told me to do this reading and underline everything that it means to me and in the big book, you know, reading The Doctor's Opinion and reading Bill's story, and, you know, for my religion of Growing up was very punitive, and it was about what I needed to do good so that I wouldn't burn forever. You know, it was just really, really hard for me. And um, and I thought, what does God care about my food and my craziness? You know, I just needed like all of my existence was about just not going to hell. That's what God was, and it. it you know and and you know if I was about to die or something happened I could just say everything really fast and and then I'd be forgiven and I would go to heaven anyway so there was I just didn't I didn't understand it and I it didn't um connect with me for um tools of living which I heard people talking about in that first meeting and um yeah and I thought from from there I thought okay you know I'll drink the Kool-Aid I and and then I went for another week and I tried to get a sponsor and I couldn't find one and um, everybody was full and <laughs> and um but I just kept trying because when I heard them share in the meeting I thought, I, I want what they have. I really, really do. I want to be able to sit with my kids and enjoy the moment of being with them. And then it went from wanting to enjoy those moments and remembering them to wanting to do that with other people in my life and um, and some family members, too. And I wanted to be a good listener, like I heard in those meetings and, um, yeah, I ended up loving being in Vancouver, and I was really, really, really afraid to leave, and I was there for about a year before I came back, you yeah, know, six months to a year before I came back to L.A., and and program was, you know, the meetings were different, the style was different, the meetings were big, you know, everybody always got to share in the meetings there. And and it it felt very close and it felt safe and i had to experience like that trusting again when i came here and i just realized though that it's still the same program you know i saw everybody here reading the same literature reading the books and during that first um the 6 months i remember i was uh, i was still binging and The woman who I'd been talking to there, who was my temporary sponsor, she said, um, when you want to vomit, you know, ask somebody, you know, who you love, who loves you, to hold your hand through it until the feeling passes, and it will pass. And I said, no, it won't, because it only passes when I do vomit. (laughs) I said, no, it won't. And she said, just try it, you know. And, um, And I tried it, and it passed. I, I didn't like it. It wasn't enjoyable, but it was another option that I had. And she would always say, you know, call me, just call me before um, you binge or you vomit and just talk to me about it or just check in, leave a message, something before you do it. I just want you to do that first. Can you? Can, and I said, I try, I'll try. Like, I did have that willingness. And I remember, too, as I was reading the steps about. Being open, honest, and willing, and that's what we need. And um, so, even if I wasn't going, you know, even if I wasn't going to abstain from binging or vomiting, if I was, you know, willing to consider it or to think about it or to reach out, it, you know, it was kind of creating a shift and, like, maybe like burning that new neural pathway of, you know, giving me another tool something else to think about in those moments and um and one of the most wonderful things i ever heard when i first came was um and and still am reminded of i just remember in those moments of saying i didn't even know that was possible the um progress not perfection i was like i just could not understand it like really really that's possible it's okay the progress is okay, like the process of it is okay, like that can be honored. And and I asked, started asking more people about their experience with these things that I just had a hard time wrapping my mind around, that I just really couldn't take in. You know, I could hear it, but I couldn't really grasp it. And uh, when I heard the progress, not perfection, I thought everything that I've experienced in my life so far has been about the goal, about Completing it, and that was the perfection—like completing the goal of what I wanted to do—and um, that was going to to solve it, you know, to solve my unhappiness. And um, and this was just—it just—it was like a, that idea to say, "Talk," you know, that he says in the big book um, when Bill says about being catapulted into the fourth dimension. That's what I felt like. I thought I was just being just. Um, yeah just like rocketed there. It was so liberating it was it was really, really a wonderful spiritual experience that I hadn't had my whole life, even though I'd been around you know religion, which I confused with god and and being in that experience of another dimension, I felt so much relief and I just you know the idea of um relaxing and taking it easy felt <laughs> more possible um, because I never did that that meant that I was a flacker you know <laughs> that meant that i you know and if i wasn't worrying about something that I had to do then i then i that like the worrying counted just as much of the actual work that I would do and and then if I felt bad about something that I had done, I had to really feel bad about it all the time because that was like my way of Showing contrition, you know that I'm really sorry because I'm talking about it all the time, or apologizing more than once, you know. Like I'll mean it more the the next time, and and you know, my experience too in the beginning was a lot of looking at my past and and growing up and how my parents were and their addictions and and remembering, gosh, I've had this disease for a long time, not. Just this last week when I gained 10 pounds a week, um, you know, I, uh, things started coming back to me about remembering the first time that I vomited, and I was in a, you know, my mom was yelling at me about something, and I was, and she's a fantastic cook. And I ate dinner, and I remember just pushing my seat back and just going in my room and vomiting. And I would hide it in clothes and then do the wash later at night myself. I would or I'd do it in the shower when nobody could hear me vomiting, and um, and I remember just thinking, I have the control now, and then in, in the time where I came into the program, I realized that this this isn't working for me anymore, because in and, and those, like, two little lives, those kids... Um, you know, there was a part of me that knew that I was supposed to be an adult, and I wasn't in seventh grade anymore, and I couldn't just go in my room and um, hide. And and I, I lived on that control or that idea of control that I thought I had when I was binging and vomiting. When i get home from school every day, I would make, you know, tons of whatever those hostess treats are with whatever they were that was available and just eat them until... I felt sick. And then I always thought, I'm just throwing up because I don't feel good, you know? <laughs> I just don't feel good. I had no idea, really. And even later, as an adult, when I started vomiting again, I I thought, I'm just doing it. Cause, I mean, I would leave dinner with friends at a restaurant and go into the bathroom and vomit. And I just thought, I just don't feel good. And it had nothing to do with my education. It had It had everything to do with my spiritual malady. I had nothing, I had no other way to live, it was, you know, it was some rotation between, you know, binging, vomiting, the work that I was doing, and being angry, and <laughs> and there was so much of that, the anger and resentment, and as I started working through the steps, and the idea of step one, and um, being powerless, and which I couldn't get, how, how can I be powerless, and um, this is gonna work i don't I, I don't understand that and and then the acting as if it works and the hearing and going to the meetings and hearing other people that I worked with, the meetings were really key in getting a sponsor for me really, really made a difference. Um, the acting as if it would work. I would just say that all day long, you know and 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 write it out because. Uh, I, I didn't think it was going to work. But then I was told, well, you don't have to think it well. You just have to act as if it will. <laughs> and, and trying to turn my mind off um, also became another act of powerlessness. And then I started to feel the change. Like, I started to feel that the strength and having it not be up to me anymore. I just started feeling really really, you know, like, empowered by that, you know, like, I don't have to solve this, yay, you know, it's really, I started really getting excited by that idea, and, um, and, and just starting with that, and the one step at a time, and the more I read the steps, and the more I read the big book, I, f- I found God, it really, it makes me emotional to think about it, I just of something I just never thought was possible to be able to um, find a God who cared about me and who loved me and you know, my sponsors had said to me, God can be whoever you want God to be. And I said, that is such crap. And (laughs) there's no way. Like, it's not like that. God's up there, and there's the balance sheet. And, like, I thought my bulimia was very, like, metaphorical for that as well, you know, of each other. But the, um, um, my sponsor just kept encouraging me and said, it doesn't matter. (laughs) And it doesn't matter what you think. And, your higher power can be whoever you want your higher power to be, whatever. And so I wrote out the want ad, my first want ad for my higher power, and I, my higher power wants me to be thin. <laughs> that was my first, my first thing. I'm like, doesn't matter. So I can write whatever I fucking want. And then it was next, my um, my higher power loves me. My higher power. Um, says that it's okay for me to have fun, and my higher power feels bad for things that happened to me when I was a kid, and my higher power is not my mother, and my higher power is there just for me. Everybody else has their own, and mine's there for me, so my higher power will never be too busy, and my higher power doesn't think my food is stupid. And my higher power doesn't think my worries and obsessions are stupid. My higher power wants to help me. And... My higher power wants me to have joy in my life. My higher power wants me to be at peace. And you know, hearing the word serenity and saying the serenity prayer while doing the step work. Like, I didn't take it lightly. It was something that I really needed to say over and over again. And I wanted it, and it started becoming more of a desire of mine, and I had more and more willingness as I followed those who went before me and gave me guidance to do the step work and to read the big book and to read the stories in um, the big book. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. when uh, I was looking over my want ad for my higher power, it was it was like the last challenge that I wanted to give the program. I and mean, there have been challenges along the way with everything. So she's like, what is a step nine? But um, the I said, okay, my higher power is going to be Peter Pan. And that was like, my first higher power. And, like, gosh darn it, it worked. <laughs> Peter Pan worked. I prayed to Peter Pan. Peter Pan let me be a kid. Peter Pan let me have fun. Peter Pan let me, like, enjoy my kids. I got to, you know, I would go down the slide at the park with my kids and just enjoy it. I didn't just have to, you know, be there watching them have fun. I got to, like, be a part of it. Um, I got to explore other you know parts of my career and 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 enjoy that and not feel like it was less than what I should have been doing and um and it all started working, so I stayed and I kept coming back and then I noticed that as I felt better, sometimes like my the step work and things like that would just kind of. I would do it less, (laughs) and I would not feel so great, (laughs) and and the things like the food would get stronger, and, um, and meaning the food would get stronger, like it would become more attractive or seductive as the, the solution again, and as the source of comfort, and, but when that happened, it didn't last as long, you know, and... Each year and program, like it, the the food becoming the answer, didn't stick around as long as it used to, and so I and I noticed that progress, not perfection, in my life. And I didn't have to beat myself up about it, um, even though I would, but I had somebody to talk to about it. I could share about it in the meetings. I could talk to my sponsor about it, and. You know, sick as our secrets, it became less of a secret, and I trusted you all. And, you know, the wonderful thing about this program that I did not appreciate in the beginning are the traditions. And being able to share whatever I want in here, and, you know, somebody may judge me, but I will never know about it. (laughs) And it was so, it's so brilliant, you know. Anybody could be thinking anything about me, and also that's one thing I would always like to say anytime I shared, you know, Take what you like and leave the rest because I didn't want the pressure of having to come up with something that somebody could use, you know, (laughs) but, and, and it's just, you know, my experience, strength, and hope, and, and this is, this is what it is, um, and the, and the more I read the literature, the, you know, just the more and more was revealed and, and God was there, and then, um, Peter Pan wasn't working so well for a while, and I felt that change, and then I found another higher power spider man, you know and <laughs> <Shut> I, <laughs> and I went through like this this bevy of superheroes for a while, and it was just awesome. you know it was really great, and then when it it wasn't working as well, then it like became the ocean, you know, and then for a while, like for about a year, it was all of you again. You know, and it's, um, and all the God that I hear in your shares and the spiritual healing and the honesty and the vulnerability. It's so brilliant. It just, um, it warms my heart. It gives me, the, you know, all the tools for living. Um, I can get angry and not have to raise my voice which is, like, with my background, with growing up, with all I heard was yelling and and being defensive, you know. Sometimes I can get that pause and wait for the, you know, something intuitive that God is putting there, you know, that direct line of connection that the big book says about us getting with God and and the steps, um, that direct connection, and being able to... um, Communicate with people. For me, it was a lot of growing up that I had to do, and you've all parented me in some way, and this program has. It was um, interesting to notice that. Oh, oh, this is this is how people talk to each other when there's, you know, like I love the business meetings, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're just so great. Sometimes you just see, it, like it's right there. You know, you just see how we all, you know, have um, mm-hmm. our trigger points. You know, and um, how we talk about things, and how we think we're right sometimes. Uh-huh. And and then and then we also have you know the literature with us and the principles before personalities and being able to, you know, go through the protocols and discuss things and vote. And if we don't like the outcome, we still, like, we, we all vote, it, you know, that sort of thing. And that's, I had, I, like, it was such a microcosm of what I needed to apply in my life. And with, you know, I there was one point in my career where I had a lot of people working under me. And I thought, oh my God, I was so terrible. You know, I just like I saw, it. I saw it, and I also thought, what a gift this program has given me to um to even see that. You know, I was ad- ad- admitting faults to me, and as I went through the step, admitting faults was like just weakness. You know, and that's that was um, my experience growing up, you know, if I, nobody said sorry, you know, and um, as kids, we had to say sorry no matter what, (laughs) and even if we were, were, you know, had something to say about it, we weren't allowed to, you know, be right, and um, it just, thanks, and it just um, carried on, Um, and then when I came here, I got those choices. And I just want to say, because if anybody wants to ask questions, I love it. Um, you know, this I had a hard year with my mom getting cancer, and um, I busted my foot in July, and I've been in crutches. I know a lot of you see me, like, falling into chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and, like, not having hands, you know, with these crutches and sur- having surgery. And my daughter was injured, like, two weeks before that. And it, it was just, like, a lot of, like, accidents and things. And when this happened as horrible as it started becoming when I realized I was going to have to surgery and the screws put in, it was a gift, you know. Like, it got me into these rooms more wholeheartedly again. And before program, I would have never been thankful for any injury or anything bad happening. I would have never seen the other side of it. And really, like, this is my higher power working through me, this program working through me. This is not what I came here with, you know. I was not a nice, fun you know, looking on the bright side kind of person. I was always glass half-empty. And um, now I'm not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you know? So thanks for letting me be a service. <laughs> do you to read? There... A oh, okay. Okay. Oh, hey. Thank you so much. Sure. Um, how do you think your recovery has changed your children in their lives? I would... Well, they're still with me. <laughs> um, I didn't give them away, and nobody took them away from me. But um, uh, I find that when I'm angry or stumped with their behavior or something happens, I'm able to separate myself more from them. I'm able to have that pause. And more often than not, it's not perfect. Um, And I think what has changed is I went through a really hard time with my son who um, had a lot of anxiety and was, had learning issues and um, was depressed in second grade. You know, he had to, they fill out this form with this testing and he, you know, he checked the box that said, I'd rather not be alive, you know, like it was in second grade, like it was just, and, um, and I was in program then, you know, like, and, and. If I hadn't been, I don't. I, I, I just feel, you know, I I had two attempted suicides when I was a kid, and um. And I, I felt like, you know, I could have easily, done that where I was going before I got into program again, and. I think it's just, you know, when he's having his moments, or my daughter is, or any of that is going on sometimes I can just even sit back and watch a tantrum or, you know, it's less so because they're a little older now, but, and enjoy it. And just see, just let them have their feelings, you know? Like, yeah, get it out, you know? Like, and and if it's stressing me too much, then I can also give myself a time out and, and go in another room. Like, I learned that in program and in, in recovery. These, um... You know, that didn't happen before. Like, I remember yelling at my son when he was, like, one, you know, like, just yelling at the top of my lungs, like, just for him to stop crying. Like, what? what is that? That's not a tool, you know, <laughs> to yell at somebody to, to stop crying. And I remember, and then I would remember as a kid, you know, having somebody in my family say that to me, you know, and every, anytime time somebody said, don't worry, all I did was get anxiety, you know, and... um It's, it's I'm so blessed the the program the steps for yeah working those steps it was just it was like really it was like I started working the steps but I'm like you know this is what God's supposed to be for me this is this is it and I never had that experience with anything spiritually. You know, before program, I was, like, chanting, and I was yoga, and doing all these other things, and I wasn't getting that whole filled. And program clicked. Yeah, I knew I had a lot of rage. I, I didn't. Things like the actions that I was taking in my life that were uh, related to binging and vomiting, um... Sponsor, my sponsor would tell me not to get caught up in the why so much, and she just always brought me back to the steps. It was always the step work. And I remember my my first sponsor, when I did step one, and I turned it over to her, you know, I read what I had written and underlined, and she's like, I don't think you quite have this job. I like, what? Yeah. I, 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 if anything, I'm a good student, you know? I was so, like, so righteous about it. And then I was like, Well, okay. Like and I loved how she spoke though. I love her how she talked about life. She enjoyed living. And I didn't. And so I you know, I just kept going back to the step work. And that's how I started connecting to everything that mattered in my life is really doing that step work. And you know, and even now I'm do, going through the steps again and I'm um just read step three and um I was reading something to my sponsor now, and she's like, wait, that's in the OA 12 and 12? I was like, yeah, I never even read this. I don't even remember this before, you know. And it was just, there's something for uh, every stage of where I'm at that speaks to me. And so connecting to the anger and fear and, um, yeah, that fear, that insecurity that happened, with the steps. <clears throat> that spiritual experience that I knew that I always wanted and never happened until I, until I did it. And your path to you, do, uh, you know, in the 12 and 12, I had a low, low spot on like day three or four, and I found life unbearable without food. i was wondering if you made it through there, or what, what stuff you... Uh, uh, yeah I was reliving a lot of my childhood when I was uh, first going through the steps and um i didn't I didn't know how I was gonna do it without um, my favorite foods my my comfort my blanket you know my um thumb it was It was just making it through those points where all I wanted to do was eat it was only through it was a lot of trust, a lot of trust that it would get better. And when I got to the point where I wrote that want out for my higher power, that um, my higher power wants to soothe me. My, my higher power, you know, can teach me how to self-soothe without the food. I never learned that before I never like got hugs or you know like comfort or anything in the family and the food is is all that did it for me so what I what I did um was trust what my sponsor said and and do the want ad and keep reaching out and making those phone calls when I the last the last thing I wanted to do And just doing it anyway. Getting to that moment where I just said, I'm gonna cough. I'm not gonna eat again. Not this time. And just one thing at a time like that. Like really taking it into, down to like one possible binge at a time and taking another action instead. Thanks for your question. (laughs)